Dude, you can't possibly have more of a foul mouth than me. <clears throat> I have a my, very my wife is actually eating with you right now. My mouth is way more foul than yours. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> you think it's hot, admit it. Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Well, good morning. Dave Boswell here, founder of New Wealth Advisors Club, along with the co-founder, my beautiful, lovely wife over there who's... Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here, Miss Melina Boswell. Hello, everybody. <laughs> She's been gone on, well, I can't really call it vacation, but visiting the kids and has been around for like five days, so now you're just glowing this morning <laughs> for me. But, um, at any I'm rate, glowing because you haven't seen me. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, you know how they say that the um, time makes the heart grow fonder? That's what they say. Isn't that what they but say? 20... 20- Something years later, and <laughs> I still get butterflies. So it's Aww. cool. With that, we've got to. Oh, I forgot there's other people in here. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're move the I, I that was awkward, awkward there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> With, so Oscar Solar is here, one of our senior members in our, in our club. Hey, guys. <laughs> Good morning. And uh, John Slater, another one of the senior investors from across the pond. Hi. Good morning. Yeah. See what I mean? And then uh, Tim, Tim John. Oscar's uh, better half. We just learned. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good morning. Oh, man. Oh, you had to be there. It's an inside joke that we can never reproduce right now. But those that were in attendance at last night's club meeting know exactly what I'm referring to. That was so uncomfortable. (laughs) It was great for the rest of us. but Never seen him blush as much as he did. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do on this this podcast. Our our intention today is... um, it is to be able to share with the people that, uh, first of all, we had 120, 130 people in attendance last night. It was uh, a good turnout for the club. And then we broke up into small groups and we were having little mini masterminds. And um, one of the things that we've heard a lot inside the club is that, you know, they really enjoy that connection, that time to be able to sit down and get to know, you know, 10 or 12 other people at a time. And gosh, I, I learned last night it's hour and a half, two hours just flies by for people when they're in those small groups. But we, we posed some questions um, to the groups, and we were, we were doing it for a few reasons. Part of it was to, to survey, and, and you know, Melina and I, our intention is always to create value. And what is it that we can do to help really the, the entrepreneurial spirit inside each one of these people? How do we, how do we get that to, to really blossom and come to the surface and come out and break out of its shell. Cause there's, you know, so many people that, um, come into the club looking for, you know, I want to get in, I want to do real estate, but you know, real estate is more than just going out, finding a house and flipping it. And so we posed some, some questions and, and we got some, well, I don't know if it's interesting really data for us as, yeah, I wouldn't say it's actually, it's, it's not revolutionary. Yeah, right. It's, you know, it's what we already know. Yeah. Nothing like, you know, there's nothing new under the sun as it turns out. Yeah. So, so having done this now approaching 10 years, we've, we've had these conversations a lot. Yes. And, um, one of the, at the conclusion last night, one of the things that we heard was, um, people were thankful that they weren't alone. Like their experiences were not unique to only them that that other people had not only gone through them and overcome them, but also people were going through them mm-hmm. in the moment. And as they're going through those roller coasters, they're, they're not alone. Yeah. So I've got um, the three guys here this morning. And um, 
you guys all have your own unique experience and journey. So feel free to chime in um, anywhere you'd like here um, and kind of share with us because you've you've been there, done that. And so um, given that, I, I want to just go down a couple of – you were going to say something. Yeah, I was just going to comment that I think it's important for people to understand that the intention behind these breakout sessions was, yes, to bring value. But for me, more importantly and the most important um, intention and purpose of the club is to – help people break through and have the success that they're always dreaming of, you know, instead of just us selling the dream, if you will. Yeah. Um, we really want people to realize the dream. So our goal and intention and in everything we do is to help people to get there, to realize the actual dream, not just, you know, some fantasy land that nobody can truly accomplish. Daydreaming all day about yes. what could be. Yes, exactly. That it's completely possible. Yeah, so. I think um, another thing we heard last night was just the, you know, that was a massive. I mean, just a massive real estate deal. We we um, we, what am I? What sort case studied, if mm-hmm. you will, because it really wasn't a deal no deal kind of game that we played last night. It was more of this is a case study of a deal that just closed, and Tim John and and um, and Oscar. And your whole group, you know, you guys have a whole team of people working together along with, you know, Jeff and, and Flora. That's really what their their first deal together, Jeff and Flora. Yeah, I believe that's their first deal together. Um, I believe that that was Flora's first deal that's ever. Right. Ever. And, and Jeff's done other deals yes. and, right. and had other, other um, successes right. and partners. But uh, that is their first deal together for sure. Yeah, very very cool. Like, if you weren't in attendance last night, you you missed out. I I can't replicate the emotion over the over the microphone here, but it is so cool <clears throat> to see you guys. Um, you know, Tim and and Oscar being able to to basically close this deal with them and hand Flora a check for thirty thousand dollars and thirty thousand three hundred. Fifty-four and sixty cents, I think. Yeah, <laughs> and sixty sure. cents. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I asked, "Who on earth would write a check for thirty thousand six hundred ninety-four dollars and sixty cents?" Like, it wouldn't even allow me to do that. Like, my my hand couldn't do. It. I would have to round up the forty cents. You cheap. We can't say. So I think, um, I think spreadsheets automatically round up or down. I, so he yeah. had to manually make that change. It's kind of, I'm just saying. To make it exactly equal, I'm assuming. That's I'm what kind that of was a, about. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Yeah. That's what the numbers came to. That's what they came to. So that's what you, but I, we're joking about that, but that's our first deal. She, she's holding a $30,000 check. Right. And then Jeff's holding another $30,000 check because you guys netted just under a a hundred and seventeen, just right. under one hundred seventeen thousand, just under one hundred seventeen thousand dollars. Which was, I mean, yeah, we're shaking our heads here. Like, <laughs> what a fantastic, fantastic night! And and so, given that, as I was going around and we had these small groups, and I was kind of making my way, talking to them, I just realized, you know, how encouraged people were to see that. Yeah, you know, I was going to add into that. I wasn't able to be at the club meeting last night. Um, Actually, well, it's the second club meeting I, I've never that I've ever missed. Um, the first one was because I was in the hospital, 
right. the second one, um, I was actually sitting in an airport. It was cool because I was able to watch the club meeting on Facebook Live. <laughs> so it was really neat. And I, I happened to be, um, you know, at a layover in Salt Lake City. So, of course, I had to be in the bar. and Because <laughs> <I, laughs> where else would you be? And so uh, it was really funny because I was having so much fun watching on Facebook Live. And, you know, it was the basketball, the NBA playoffs were on last night. So the bar was full of basketball um, fans, but I had actually more attention, people coming over to me to see what I was doing because I was laughing and then I started crying and then I was giggling and then I was, <laughs> it was really, really awesome. So can people watch that again on the Facebook? Yeah. Well, as a, as a club member, they can. Well, that's yeah. what I mean. They yes. can, well, if you're a club member, you can get on and watch it, right? Absolutely. So I highly recommend doing that. Yeah. I, I'll actually go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I, I last night as I was driving to pick you up at the airport, I well, I wasn't watching because I was driving, but I had Obviously. it I had it playing again just to redo it. It was very cool. So yes. if, so if people think they're missing out, just listen to it. Yeah, Great. yeah, you definitely you missed out if you didn't get there. But going back to my my point was, I think that's a really big key about the the club. The people that were there and in, in attendance, they were very grateful for the people that closed the deal. Right. They were like, I'm so excited to see that that happened for them. And I was like, well, that's cool. And then I heard I that helps my belief, like when I'm going through the days of, you know, can I really do this? Is this possible? And then kind of what John was alluding, you know, he asked, you know, his group and was like, is there anyone here that believes this doesn't work? And what was the response you got, John? I mean, everybody said the same thing. Everybody, everybody felt confident that they could see. You know, this does work. You know, the system works. Real estate works. You know, the opportunity to go do a deal like the one that you know Flora and Jeff just closed. They, everybody has that opportunity. You know, then there's no doubt about it. Everybody, you know, I really felt confident. Everybody knows that this is something that can be done. Everybody knew it, hundred percent, hundred percent. Everybody knows the opportunity exists, right? And it's—I mean—you can't say it doesn't exist because we're actually sitting there closing deals, closing deals, and having checks handed out. I mean, Oscar had a fan full of checks last night in his hand. It was, was kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it was like it was, it was, it was neat, right? So, yeah, nobody can argue that. So, let's flip flip the page right so if nobody can argue that we're we've kind of got these these different buckets of people that are in the club right and we can look in and go people come to the club why why would you say they come to the club honey I think people come to the club because they see that they won't be alone because they have some desire to do real estate investing okay Um, they want to flip houses okay they think they want to be an entrepreneur Okay. So I come because I want to flip houses because I want to be able to flip houses to make money. Yes. Right? Yes. So, oh, yeah. There's that part. Yeah. That's why they. That's what we normally hear. I want to flip houses because I want to make money. And ultimately because people want freedom. Yeah. And freedom that's to really them. That's what it is. Freedom to them and, and expand on that. Well, freedom can be financial freedom, which, you know, I don't think people will ever work for financial freedom. I teach them that when they come to my class. Um, but I think more than anything, people want freedom to do what they, what they choose in their life. They want to be able to, um, run their life and create their own lifestyle. The idea of working for, you know, nine to five, um, as a W2 
wage earner um, is not attractive to them. They have a dream of being able to be in control of their own lives, their own time, their own money. Uh, I, I think that's really what it is for most people. Okay, so if we if we go off of that and we we say that's our standard, like most people fall into that bucket, right? I am coming here because I want to flip houses for the most part. I want to make more money. I want to be able to create my own time freedom. And then time goes by. And that same person that came in and six months passes and they watch the same people closing deal after deal. And then another six months passes and then they watch the same people closing more deals. And then they look at, at around and they're like, gosh, you know, this, this just doesn't, this doesn't work for me. I'm, this is my challenge. That's my challenge, whatever that comes down to. So as we were asking last night, maybe you guys could each chime in here, you know, what, what, what were the biggest obstacles that they identified in your small groups? What were the biggest obstacles they identified as to why they're struggling or why maybe they, they haven't achieved the level of success they, they're striving for just yet? Yeah. So in, in my group, the, the biggest thing was time. Time. Okay. The lack of time or the perceived, the way I'd like to put it, the perceived lack of time. And it was interesting because you know, we went around, there was about 13, 14 people in the group, went around the circle and time, time, time. And then we got to Sal. And Sal says, time. I'm like, okay, so I'm kind of exhausted with time, right? I'm <laughs> kind of done with it at this point, but I'm listening to him. And he says, I just finished deployment. I'm in the Navy. Time is limited for what I, I could do. He's, he's on a boat. He's on a boat <laughs> surrounded by an ocean. Yeah. Yes, it's, got it, right? An actual obstacle. Yes. <laughs> then we continue after him, and it's still time. Time. I'm like, all right. So we carried the conversation, and I'm like, look, guys, everybody I'm calling BS on, right, except for Sal. Sal's <laughs> the only one that really can use time as, as an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, it's... It's a figment of your imagination. It's, it's not what you really per- perceive it to be. And, and then we walk through what that really looks like. So, All right. Well, I think let's stop there for a quick second because I think that's a really, uh, a really good one that we can – because I think every group heard time as being a challenge, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting here looking at John thinking back to four years ago mm-hmm. when he came in and said, you know, time is a problem for us. I mean I have two jobs and – Celine is a full-time nanny, not for our kids, but for another family. Yep. And time is a problem, yep. right? So at the end of the day, I'm, when I look at time, I think of time management, right? So what am I actually doing and managing my time? And when, I mean, tell us about your struggle, if you will, John, because I'm, nobody in this room can probably come with more. You had every excuse in the world. Yes. Um to not be sitting here and having been able to quit your full two full-time jobs mm-hmm. and Celine walking away that like what, what, what shifted maybe give the audience out there something that I mean, yeah, because ultimately it's a choice. There has to be a choice to change things. So I think it'd be great to hear John, like what, what shifted in your mindset? Because that's all it is. It's 100% a decision that you have to make to change it. Right. Because you couldn't, you know, you can't create more hours in a day. So something has to shift. What, what, what is it that you did? So for Celine and I, the big, the big shift for us was that we, 
you know, we recognized where we were. You know, we lived comfortably. You know, we weren't rolling in money by any means. And, you know, we lived paycheck to paycheck, but lived comfortably paycheck to paycheck. When you say comfortably, you mean comfortably as though th- there was there was enough money at the end of the month to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. There was enough money to pay the bills. There was enough money to, you know, go grab a movie, you know, little things. Not necessarily go take the whole family on a, you know, a family vacation and, you know, do those kind of things. But enough to, you know, pay for the car, pay pay the bills, keep the lights on, you know, and just not not have to worry about, you know, where the next paycheck was coming from because you okay. knew you were getting it at the end of every month got it okay so that's the comfort you're talking about not comfortable in our life and our lifestyle no but comfortable that hey, we can eat and there's a little leftovers for some movies and absolutely little okay i just want to make sure we define other, comfort the other side of that though was was thinking about the future thinking about you know do we want to live comfortably for the rest of his lives you know and, and what does happen when you get to retirement mm. you know where you know, being a soccer coach, I, you know, I'm not going to be coaching at 65 years old, you know, bad back, bad knees and being out there on the soccer field seven days a week. Right. You know, it's just not going to happen. And, you know, it was about finding what we could do for our future. You know, what financially could we find that would set us up for, you know, the latter years of our lives? Got it. Okay. So when you guys sat down and had that conversation, right? This is what we're this is what we're going to do. You added this on top of everything else. Yeah. It wasn't like you had savings where you could say, Okay, I have enough money in the bank, I can quit one job and then I'll just do this job, if you will, right? Or yeah, focus no, on no. So what so what did you do? I mean it didn't happen when we, you know, we we were in the club for maybe six months before we kind of had that real thought, you know, because, you know, as you know, going back to how we joined the club, we kind of didn't realize what we were getting into. So we, you know, we just kind of rode that train for a little bit. We, okay. you know, we just sat on board and, you know, watched the scenery outside as the train was moving. <laughs> you know, that's probably the best way to put it. But, you know, and Melina keeps saying, you know, this, this train in 2017 is going, well, you know, you have a choice. You either sit out the window, you know, stare out the window and, and watch the scenery or get involved in the party. Mm. And that's what shifted for Selena and I. It was to say, well, how can we be like other senior investors that we see? You know, how can we be like the Tims, the Oscars, you know, the Franks out there closing deals on regular basis? Mm-hmm. You know, what shift do we have to make? So for us, time just came in in the form of sacrifices. You know, even though we worked you know, very hard and a lot of hours, we still created time for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I joked with my group last night, Selena and I used to play Guitar Hero for maybe two hours while the kids were at school, mm-hmm. you know, and we said, well, <laughs> what if we took that Guitar Hero time and turned it into real estate time? Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> you know, we, we, we found something that we, I mean, we, we enjoyed it. We used to have so much fun together doing it, but at the same time, we said, we've got to make sacrifices. Mm. So instead of you know, coming home from work, feeling tired, feeling exhausted, and just sitting down and watching a movie or chilling out on the sofa, we got to work. We got to work. And, you know, I don't want to say it was, I don't want to say it's easier being in a, in a couple, but definitely as a couple, you've got the ability to kick each other up the backside every now and then and say, hey, you know, I know you're tired, but come on, we need to do this. You know, we're, we're building a future. Mm. So it's constantly reminding ourselves that, if we want to achieve a goal to get to where we want and ultimately quit our jobs and do this business full time, 
then we're not going to get there unless we actually put the effort in and change something from what our daily life was already being. Yeah, it, you know, and you say that, and then everyone of us can look at that and go, well, duh, right? right? You, you know what it reminds me of? It's like, how do you lose weight? Well, you take in less calories than your body needs to survive. <laughs> oh, and that's like a what? $12 billion industry, <laughs> right? Because we just, <laughs> people selling stuff. It's seriously, like we know what the truth is. Sure. But we're always looking for some other way. And it's like, no, it's really simple. You just have to, you know, put in the effort, mm. which I, I, I think what John said is exactly right. Um, I had two comments that I wanted to make, uh, John. Uh, the first one was, I, I, it suddenly hit me that you were willing to work two jobs and Celine was willing to work another job. So I think that says something about um, a work ethic that you had, that you inherently had. Uh, and so I wonder, I was pondering in my mind, is a work ethic something that you are born with or is that something that is created? Can you create, a, you know, a, like self-discipline? I don't know. I... I mean, looking back from myself, you, I started working at 15 years old. I, I got a Saturday job at 15. I wanted to provide some pocket money for myself. You know, my, my family wasn't poor, but at the same time, I, you know, it wasn't like I had everything. And I, I wanted to save money for myself at 15. Mm -hmm. So I got a Saturday job, literally getting maybe 15 bucks for a seven-hour shift, you know, in back in England. And, you know, I mean, that's a few years ago, but... Like, how much quid is that? How many How many quid that was? It was 10 pounds, 10 pounds sterling for a seven-hour day filing and writing cover notes for an insurance broker, uh -huh. you know. But that was what I, what I did at 15, at 16, going into full-time work. And, you know, I've worked since 16 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you think of your average... 16-year-old in America who's still at school until 18 years old. And, you know, I've already done three years of uh, full-time work, 37 and a half hours a week. Mm. You know, so that's where my work ethic came from. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know Celine, you know, she, she had children, you know, very young. And, you know, she, as a single mom, had to provide for her children. Mm -hmm. She worked every hour she could, spent every other hour looking after the kids, you know, pretty much survived on her own for a long, long time. You can't teach that mm -hmm. work ethic. It's no. something that you either have, you know, born out of necessity in some degree, you know, for Celine. But for myself, it wasn't necessity. It was just, I want to, do, I want to go do this, mm -hmm. you know. That's interesting. I think that's an, an important piece because I, I really believe that that's like, if there's one thing that I wish I could teach students, it's that. You know, and I know for myself, um, I believe that I've created the the skill of self-discipline over my life. I, I believe that um, I, I created that and it's something that I consistently work on. And I think that every single person has the ability to do that if you desire it. You right. know, so I think a lot of people think, oh, well, he can do that because, you know, he's this or that. I, I don't I don't believe that's the truth. I believe that we all have the ability to have self-discipline, but the key, the key word I think is sacrifice. Sure. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to sacrifice either their own comfortability. They're not willing to sacrifice their time. They're not willing, whatever it is, but you have to be willing to sacrifice to get where you want to get. And that's just an, an absolute truth in life, no matter what. You know, one thing that we, that was mentioned last night was a lot of people were very much like John was saying, I'm just comfortable at the end of the month. There's enough money in the bank and the bills are paid. There may not be 
excess. There may not be um, a whole lot left over, but I'm just I'm just comfortable doing that. There's no real sense of of urgency. Like I really, you know, I want to treat this like a business. And part of that business, I think, is and I don't know if this is maybe what you know you and I can look back on, but you know, we made a gigantic sacrifice, like to build the office and establish a club and just the financial burden of all of that. And then on top of it, the time commitment, you know, there was, we're not looking at a clock. I I couldn't tell you how many hours we were working, building this place. And it was all day, every day, you know, that's why I say we're always never working. Yeah. And, and, and so there was that, that a real deep sense of, of urgency. Like we're, we're taking everything we have and putting into this and there's no, there's no turning back. There's like, you know, the boat is burned, man. We're here. Like we we can't sail away and go do something else. This is what we're doing. That's right. And I'm not sure that everybody has really gotten attached to something, some deeper why, some deeper meaning in their life that's really going to get them to to make those decisions to to move their their business in, in the direction they ultimately want to go to. Right. right. So I, I think, and I think it's important because, you know, part of me, when you say people are comfortable, part of me goes, well, that's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, except <laughs> that they showed up at our club. Yeah. You know, they showed up and there's also, there's an underlying sense of complaint or, you know, lack of satisfaction, if you will. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I'm not getting the results that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. So as we ask those questions, like, okay, so what do you need to, what do you see in people that are successful here, right? One of the questions we pose, what do you see? What are the traits? What are the characteristics? What do those people do? What from the outside looking in, they're sharing with you their lives here, whether it's on podcasts, whether it's in club meetings, whether it's at classes, whether it's, you know, going out to dinner or whatever the case may be. What do you see about those people? that are having success, closing deals, have been able, the Johns of the world, to walk away from their job and so forth. What do you see in them? And then ultimately, is there anything that they're doing that you're not doing? (laughs) I just would love to hear how many people were honest about that. So why don't, when do you guys want to share what you got maybe from some, without without naming names? So it was was interesting to... Because, yes, you would have enjoyed watching that mm-hmm. and, and hearing all the answers. But <clears throat> surprisingly in my group, they were a little closer to being able to reflect on themselves That's good. as to – a lot of them said, myself, it's the obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. But when looking at the other folks, they really, they really couldn't differentiate themselves from the people that are having success, mm-hmm. which, okay, mm-hmm. right? But then it told me as well that they're not really grasping things. Mm. Right, they're not capturing the reality of what it really takes to be that guy or that gal that's having success. Well, so. one of the questions that we posed specifically because we knew um, that time was going to be the biggest obstacle people named, probably the most common um, obstacle. So, one of the questions we posed was, um, "What are your time wasters?" Yeah. So, on that question, what kind of answers did you get from people? Personally, I, I received. Um, uh, overthinking as a a time waster as a time waster yeah. analysis paralysis okay. um the analysis paralysis yeah okay. just overthinking it and getting themselves caught in a space of um f- overthinking it to the point where they just freeze and do nothing 
Wow, right. could you identify with that? I absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, I can recognize that. I think there was, you gave the analogy, what did you say about the, the you mentioned earlier, the phone? You, you were the guy that. Oh, yeah. Before I could make a phone call, I had to move the phone from this side of the desk to the other side of the desk because it just wasn't. I wasn't feeling it, so <laughs> the phone needed to be over here first, and then I'd be able to make these calls. It's so, so much better. True, it's so true. I'm not feeling it, so I'm going to change something. Yeah, yeah, dude, you have to act anyway. Right. Hello. Well, I was acting. I was moving the phone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you see, so you hear that right there? He's. It, I was he's totally act- working my business. Right. Absolutely, the phone needed to be done; otherwise, business wasn't going to happen. And that's a that's a um, you know sort of a. You know, a a small thing, but it's that is representative of what goes on when you're so internal living inside your head. That's what actually happens. So you can you can exhaust yourself right by being, you know, in your head so much. You can be exhausted and then really believe that you are taking the you know you're working your business. Yeah. Right. So the phone, moving the phone, you know, from one side of the desk to the other is, you know, kind of funny, but it it's very true, isn't it? Right. And it shows up in different ways for different people. So you had mentioned earlier, like this, this whole idea of like panic to profit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> you and I were talking on our, our drive over here. Why don't you yeah, I, expand I think, on that, that, well, that whole know, idea? Yeah. So I think it's important for people to like, I think you have to figure out what it is that is going to make you take action to just, instead of moving the phone, actually picking it up. And, um, I was going to say dial, but I don't guess we dial anymore. But, um, tell Siri to who to call. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's important for people to figure out what that is. And if you can get so connected to the reason why you have to do this, then you act anyway, Mm. you take action anyway. You just do it. And um, I think that that can put you, I know for me personally, it, it puts me in a space of panic when I don't, when I'm, it's because I'm so connected to why I do what I do mm. that if I don't do it, I panic. And panic for me is actually a really good emotion. Mm. For a lot of people, panic can be a, a horrible feeling, but I, I don't love it, but it you makes thrive me, I do, I thrive in that environment. I think most people do. I think most people um, act when they're in panic mode. And I believe panic always turns into profit mm. when acted upon. Uh, I think that uh, people need to figure out what it is that's going to panic them. Mm. So I never want to be the person that says, oh, quit your job so that you can do this full time. Except for there's a part of me that says, well, do what you have to do. You know, give mm. up something so that you will work so hard to make this happen if that's indeed what you want, mm. right? If you don't want it, then I think that's okay. But don't say that you want it and then not take the necessary action to get there. Right. Yeah. Last night, I, I <laughs> one of the guys in a group, and like I said, I won't mention names, but it's applicable across the board. He's like, well... You know, I really, I really want to do this business, but you know, it was all kinds of little minutia that was just like, well, this happened, and so I couldn't make this meeting, and then this happened, so I couldn't come here, and I, mm-hmm. and I said, well, did you go back and watch the meeting? Right. No. Mm-hmm. Did you reach out and look for that accountability partner that you're asking for? No. Did you pose a question to anybody on Facebook and say, hey? Can I help with this? Help? No. So all that was happening in his own mind, 
he was working so hard on his whole life and all the things that were getting in his way. And then in his mind, he was working his business very much like Tim said, I was moving the phone from one side of the desk to the other. But when I pointed out to him that you actually did nothing (laughs) Mm -hmm. for four months, you have done zero. Mm -hmm. And it was like a revolutionary. He's like, you're so right. And I think that's a common theme that um, people struggle with in their own minds. They're having that. And then, and then, by not voicing it or venting it or having any conversation with anybody with with experience who's maybe gone through that before, they just stay there. Right. And they're just stuck. Yes. And they don't recognize they're stuck. That's right. Right? And so here's what we're going to do. Just for the sake of time, we are we're, – we're, we're going to wrap this up. And I think we're the part two of this, mm-hmm. I want to go through and kind of debunk – a bunch of the the different things that we're hearing and and from people and then the anecdote have you guys come back if you guys are good with that and come back and just share your own personal experiences about what did you do cuz Tim you 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 took action from moving the phone from one side of the desk to the other and something happened mm-hmm. and then for John something happened and for Oscar something happened and honey for you mm-hmm. you know something happened and so i think we're going to um we're going to leave it there and then in, in, in a couple of weeks, we'll come back and you guys listen up to the next part because I think that that will be um, that'll be really good because we got to get rid of a lot of these excuses. Yeah, I feel like that's what it is. It's debunking the, the myth of I can't do this and the anecdote for uh, lack of time. Yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. Well, with that, we're... Um, Thank you guys for for sharing with us this morning, and uh, let's go get some lunch. <laughs> oh, sounds good. And listen, with that, we are flipping off, flipping out. <laughs> no, we're flipping something. We're flipping running now. We're flipping taking action. <laughs> All right, catch you guys.